0: Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, I am your host for today's show, Aaron Richards, and I'm joined here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio by a new guest host today. He's a new uh, new voice for you friends on the radio today, but he is uh, not going anywhere. He's a new member of our mission staff here at Damascus, Mr. Gabe Gessler. Welcome to the show, Gabe. Hey,
1: Aaron. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, man. Welcome. I appreciate uh, it you know what? Today's show
1: is going to be awesome. Why don't you kick us off in prayer, brother? Amazing. I'd love to. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, we just thank you so much for the gift of joy. We just thank you so much for the gift of being able to just live, to breathe, and to worship you. Mm -hmm. God, we just ask that every heartbeat that we have, every breath that we take, and every step that we take, that it may be for you. I would just give all this to you in your name
0: amen, amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit amen friends so Gabe Gessler has been a missionary with us here at Damascus for the last two years and is actually going to be working with us here in the media department yeah. at Damascus in the coming year so this podcast this radio show will become uh one of Gabe's Projects. Yeah, so you'll be you'll be hearing more fun. about and from Gabe in the weeks to come. Today we have a special show for you. Uh, we, we've we've talked about our missionary program here at Damascus a number of times. Gabe's a living witness. We've talked about a lot of the programs that we do here on campus, and one of the coolest programs that we participated in this past year was called our Empower Conference. And over the past few months, we've heard a couple of those sessions. Today we're going to hear the last session of. Our Empower Conference. Uh, I've got a confession to make. I brought Gabe on today uh, partly because it would be embarrassing if we did this any other way. So I was, Aaron Richards was the speaker <laughs> of the final session of the Empower Conference. It was a great session, though. It was a great <laughs> it, session. It, it was actually an awesome session. I'm really excited for you to fun. hear it. Uh, I, want, I want to share it with you, our radio audience today. So. Without further ado, let's dive into the Empower Conference 2021 and uh, get ready to uh, be blessed. One of the biggest uh, one of the biggest burdens in my life. I don't know if anybody can share this. Is multi season television shows. All right. So I, I love engaging, um, especially with with my wife in in jumping on netflix and watching a show right now we are embroiled in a battle in the middle of a second season of a show and it's just like come on you know when you see when, when when you jump into something and you watch the pilot episode and you're really excited and then you see that you've got like 150 more right there's there's this weight that just settles on my soul anybody anybody experience this before okay so um I, I I I was reflecting on our time this week, and typically when I go to a conference on the last session on the last morning, that's my cue to tune out. Right? You've received everything you want to receive, and now it's time to start coasting. We're not going to coast today. Okay? <laughs> multi-season multi-season television shows are challenging because they require some kind of investment from me. Right? I'm in a relationship with Netflix. All right. Uh, I, I I want to preach a message this morning that's going to require something of you. Amen? Are we ready to receive? Yeah. All right. Dan kicked us off on Thursday night with just a powerful message, right? And um, one of the most haunting pieces that he shared was that prophetic word from Pope Benedict that the church is going to diminish, to decrease. Do you remember hearing that? Okay. And uh, here in the middle of 20, well, the, the, the beginning of 2021, right, that we're in a place where uh, this word is pertinent for us now, okay? The, the generation that Pope Benedict was speaking about, this is our generation. We are the first fruits of this prophetic word as uh, any millennials in the house, any Gen Zs in the house, okay? So we are the first fruits of this word. Uh, uh, it, sociologists would say that we are Generation Z, we are the first post-Christian generation that our world has ever known. I don't know how that sits with you, but I know how it sits with me, right? Uh, maybe maybe, maybe there's, a, there's an anxiety that comes over you. Maybe there's a fear that comes over you, an apprehension, right? Maybe even for some of us, there's an anger or a disappointment, or maybe there's this fear that, uh, gosh, for some reason, maybe I've backed the wrong horse. Or maybe you're inspired by that word. Maybe we're filled with, uh, with, a, with a fire. Maybe we're filled with a desire to see the world changed, right? That we live in the midst of the first post-Christian generation. But I think that we would make a mistake if we, uh, if, if we misunderstand Pope Benedict's observational word for a word that's supposed to define our destiny, right? Is the church supposed to remain small? No. Right. Pope, Pope Benedict's not going to offer a prophetic word that's in conflict with Scripture. Remember the Great Commission. Go out into all the world, uh, preaching, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always until the end of the age. That Jesus promises for us that the church will become ubiquitous, right? Now we're in this, 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 this time of tension. And I want to affirm any, right? That, that, that last night, um, uh, th- there was... Let's hear it for Annie's message last night. That was, that was power, man. Um, what stuck with me and what the Lord had been revealing to me for the last week was this idea that uh, we've got this expectation, this, 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 this burden that we carry. I don't know if it's a now thing or, a, or a, just a human thing, that we carry this sense that, that I've got to wait until I'm ready to go, right? That I've got to be educated before I start my career, Right? That I've, got to, that, that I've got to know the word before I open my mouth to speak. And I, I just want to proclaim a truth over us today. This is kind of the foundational message for our time together this morning. That God's the one who wrote the order of things. And when he's motivated by whatever motivates God, God can change the rules. All right? We don't have to be ready before we go. We don't have to be educated before we start to speak. We don't, have to, we, don't, we don't have to have the word in our mouth before we open our mouth to speak. And I, I just want to witness to that, that when the situation warrants that God changes the rules... Okay, so I'm going to give testimony a little bit. One of, my, one of my favorite things is just to share testimony. Why? Because it gives permission for God to do again what he's already done. So as I speak, I want you to be ready to respond to the Lord moving in your heart. If the Lord moves in your heart, let's take action to respond. Amen? Okay, so uh, in my relationship with the Holy Spirit, he's the one who allows things to happen, who changes the rules, who changes the circumstances that we can step into understanding reality in the way that God... God sees it, not the way that we see it, um, that this has happened for me. Every major shift, every major season in my life has been marked with the Holy Spirit moving powerfully, either, either from a gratuitous gift of grace from the Lord or, or even from the prayer of a peer or from the prayer of a stranger, right? That God can actually move in such a way that it kickstarts the motor, that it changes the order of things and breaks the rules because he created the rules. Okay. Um, I, I just, I, I want, I want to witness to this, right? That, that that in my, in my childhood, I was raised in a foundational faith. And then when I got to college, like my, my, my first month in college, I found a men's community and through an outpouring of the Holy spirit, God broke something in me and broke open a new prayer life where I was ready to receive and to hear from him for the first time. He changed the entire way that I minister, right? 10 years later, I i i, I fell into a, I fell into a, a rut, where I had lost that intimacy with the one that I loved and in the midst of a a youth ministry career that was all of a sudden becoming very burdensome, God came in just a gratuitous outpouring of grace at a conference that I attended in Atlanta, Georgia. And he moved in a powerful, powerful way that restored me to intimacy with him through an outpouring of, of his spirit He reminded me of who he was. He reminded me of who I am. And he taught me how to hear his voice again, right? I I can, I can look back to moments. There was a, I just received an amazing transformation in the way that I can teach and I can preach. this happened a couple years ago at a conference that I attended where uh, a speaker that inspires me, but I have no real relationship with, he, he was just speaking words that I were certain were from the heart of God. And, uh, he invited, uh, he invited the the congregation up to, to pray and to receive prayer. And I walked to the front of the room, I I ran to the front of the room and, uh, and I, I was just, I was so hungry to receive. And as he started to speak and started to pray, I felt the Holy spirit bubbling up into me. And from that day forward, I could see a marked difference in the way that I was able to preach and the way that I was able to communicate the heart of God, Right. That uh, we we prayed here at Damascus, Dan and myself and Monica and our team, um, before we were Damascus, when we were Catholic Youth Summer Camp, I remember praying and contending and longing for Jesus to come and work in miracles, in, in, in healing and in signs and in wonders. And it was like... God was waiting for a moment for me to step into a place of receptivity where I was able to receive prayer from somebody who was walking in this way. And then God broke it open here. I want to share just a, just a couple stories. I, I could truly share uh, stories for the rest of today, but I'm going to limit it to one because our time is precious today, right? Um, uh, very close friends of our family, Matt and Ginny Schlater, they, Matt is uh, the... The, the chairman of our board of directors here at Damascus. Uh, when we say the word board of directors, oftentimes people get like tense and rigid because we think, oh my gosh, here's like the guys who run, who run the show, who we have to like obey. And uh, um, our board of directors is filled with some of the most spirit-filled men and women that are just such an inspiration to me. Matt and Ginny um, have an amazing and a beautiful family. And a little over a year ago, they had a new little baby. Her name is Joy. Joy. Uh, and she is uh, she is joy incarnate. Um, she's such a beautiful little specimen of humanity. And um, I, I love her. I love her. I love her. Uh, nine days after Joy was born, Monica and I actually went over, I think the day before this, and we were able to see her and pray with her and love on her. And nine days after, to say before, nine days after Joy was born, uh, she developed a high fever, and um, Ginny, her, her mother, rushed her to the hospital at the instruction of her doctor. And in the matter of moments, when they entered the hospital, uh, Matt and Ginny were able to uh, identify with the doctors that Joy had a case of bacterial meningitis, which in a nine-day-old infant is very, very, very dangerous. Um, There is a very low rate of survivability, and those who do survive often wear the scars for the rest of their lives. And over three weeks, Joy and Matt and Jenny, they they, they struggled and contended in prayer with the help of their doctors, the amazing team um, at Children's Hospital, right? And after three weeks, I think it was three weeks, Joy was able to come home. And, uh, the only lasting effects that she had were two small areas of, um, damage in the back of her brain, right? That they were able to see on the CAT scans. And, uh, Jack, can you put up that first picture of joy? So this is baby joy. She's, she is beautiful being held by her sister Jane there. And, um, the only, the only lasting damage that the disease had had on joy's, on joy's body was that her hand, you can see her right hand there was permanently clenched, Right. So even, even at an early little baby age, they began occupational therapy where, um, where the doctors or the therapists or parents would come in and would just try to pry open her fingers to try to teach her hand how to open. And then she would, she didn't have the ability to actually use the muscles that were necessary to open her hand until God. Yeah. So last year at our equip conference here in this room, okay, Last year at our equip conference here, Matt and Jenny and the kids, they, they, they came and, um, we, we just had a powerful night of explosive prayer. And Monica, my wife was, was prompted in the spirit to take baby joy and to carry her over into the chapel so that Jenny could pray with Matt. And just in the course of speaking life over her and speaking healing over her, uh, there was, let me, we'll show you the video. Okay. This is, this is moments after. Monica brought Joy back from the chapel. That's her right hand. <laughs> if the volume were working, you would just hear me just like speaking nonsense in the background, right? Go ahead and show the picture. The, the, the first, that first picture was taken an hour before our prayer session, and this one was taken the next day. Isn't that amazing? Oh, my goodness. Praise the Lord. When, when God desires, when his people pray, when his heart's motivated, he changes the rules. Amen.
1: Aaron, I think it's just such an incredible testimony. I think the other thing, too, that's just so beautiful is that it just shows that God is still actively alive and actively working in you know, today's day and age.
0: Amen. Uh my, my favorite part about this is, is this friends this is an invitation that if 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 God can do this in someone else if God can do this in this little baby if God can do this through my wife Monica right he he can and he, and he desires to do this in and through you. So Amen. stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to hear the next uh the next half of this talk. And um, I hope that your heart is, is being moved. Once again, we are Beyond Damascus. Join us after this short break. There was no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um,
1: ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage.
0: Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org.
1: As a Catholic talk show host and speaker and author, I'm often asked, how should we pray? How do we pray? Really? It's up to you. And that's between you and the Lord. We have wonderful, wonderful formalized prayers in the Catholic faith, such as a rosary, the Lord's Prayer, novenas. But you can also just open up your heart and say, Lord, help, SOS. It's as simple as that. How you pray is really up to you. Ask the Lord how you should pray, and he'll answer you.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks, friends, for joining us. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across
1: the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Amen. And friends, if you did not have the opportunity to listen to this incredible testimony about baby joy, I encourage you all to go ahead and download Beyond Damascus on your favorite podcasting app, whether it be Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you prefer, just to go and just to be blessed by what the Lord is doing in the lives of so many people here today.
0: Um, I, I shared that our path here, you know, it began when I was in high school and I'm not in high school anymore. That, uh, I, 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 fought, I fought for this place. Dan and Monica and I, we fought for this place. We fought, we contended for the move of the spirit that God was doing in our hearts and that we're seeing the fruit of now. And it took 20 years. And the evidence on display that God changes the rules, it happens every single day here. That what God took 20 years, what, what, what took God 20 years to accomplish in us, he's accomplished in the team that we work with in the matter of two, right? Right? That we have people who come in here, missionaries who come in here for our, for our Equip conference now in the summer. And I see transformation and equipping that happens in the course of two weeks. In the course of two days that took me two decades to see accomplished. Right? That when God's motivated, he changes the rules and he can do it again. Amen? Amen. Does this make your heart hungry? Come Lord Jesus, bless them in Jesus name. Right? That uh, that our this book, our, 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 our miracle journal, I don't know if you've seen it up in the front of the lobby, right? If you want your heart to be moved, open this and begin to read. These are the stories of miracles that have happened in this place and through the prayers of our missionaries. Uh, man, if, if you've experienced a miracle this week, I wanna fill this journal, right? We're about a third of the way there. And, and, and these stories are incredible. We couldn't make this stuff up. This is what God does when his heart's motivated. He changes the rules. Remember the, the the story of Saul of Tarsus, right? I think sometimes it's become so routine of us that we kind of forget the implications of this last year here on this campus. We hosted a, we hosted a, uh, self-defense security training, right? Where our staff was actually trained on what we would do. If there was like a terrorist that came to our campus as if we could do anything right. And, um, we, we, you saw the beautiful gate that 's brand new out front i don 't know if you 've noticed, but there 's cameras always watching you here, right? We know everything that you do um, so that we can keep you safe right the uh The idea is that that we 've got a team now that 's trained to actually respond in the case of danger in the first in, in in the first days of the church, the church was always in perpetual danger, right. We, we, we talked about, you know, what's the most extreme form of, of like uh, self-defense that we would ever need to employ here at Damascus. This was the grand finale of our security training where a terrorist actually came in, right? Uh, uh, it wasn't a real, te- it was a, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a play acting thing, right? A terrorist comes in, he starts shouting, he, he's threatening to destroy and to kill and to blow this place up, right? And, uh, and I remember the story of Saul. That the, that the church, the church at Damascus, the young church at Damascus, I don't know, 15, 20 years into the, into the life of the church, maybe less. They've come to a place where they're still, they're still following a Christianity that's against the law, right? Where they will be hunted down and persecuted and likely killed if they're exposed and they get intel, that the terrorist Saul is coming to their door. He's carrying legal permission to hunt them down, right? When Christians were arrested, they didn't just enjoy a comfortable future in jail. And then Ananias receives a prophetic word from the Lord. And what does he say? He says, you've got to go out and meet the man, right? Imagine, imagine at Damascus, right? Our leadership teams gathered for the empower conference and we see, we receive intel that there's a suicide bomber on his way to Damascus to destroy this place, to kill all of the people inside. And the command that he gives us is, I want you to go and meet him and I want you to pray for his healing. (laughs) I don't know what I'd say in that situation, um, but what Ananias finds is that God has changed the rules, right? That moments before Ananias receives this call, Paul on a Saul on his way to Damascus, he's blinded through a, through an awakening light that transforms his life forever. He meets the person of Jesus and he's blinded. And Jesus says, Jesus says, I, I, I am, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. And Saul's life is transformed and he goes into Damascus and there he's not shunned. He's not captured. I imagine that was probably scary for him too, right? As a terrorist going into the city, you've now been blinded and you're walking into enemy territory exposed, right? And what happens? He's met at the gate by a man who's on a mission to bring healing into his life. Here at Damascus, this is the story that we've adopted. If you've wondered why this place is called Damascus, it's because we work to awaken, empower and equip like St Paul who on the road was awakened through a gratuitous explosive encounter of faith. He was brought into the city and there he was empowered. How? Through the prayer of a Christian community. Right? Paul didn't just recover his sight by himself. He could have God could have done that, but instead instead who did he call? Did he call the bishop? No, did he call the priest? No, he called the little layman, Ananias, who was sitting down to coffee one Sunday morning and all of a sudden God spoke. And he was the guy who was called to change the, 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 the face of history forever. And here at Damascus, we awaken, we empower, and we equip. If you've enjoyed the Empower Conference, who's enjoyed the Empower Conference? All right. This is the only shameless plug I'll offer during my entire time. We've got an equip conference coming up, and it's awesome. It's this time seven, right? We, 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 we gather for 14 days, and um, it's absolutely transformative. The only, the only pretext is that you have to be a missionary. Oh, man. Okay. Great. Uh, I, I, talked about, I talked about Pope Benedict's prophetic word. I, I got I to hit the jets here. We got we to move this thing. We're still on page one, okay? Um, Pope Benedict's prophetic word. I, I, I just want to honor Pope Benedict. Why? Because he, he wasn't speaking a word of despair. I don't know if you know this or not. He concludes his, his, his thoughts by saying, we will have to count on terrific upheavals, okay? It just comes with the territory. But I'm not equally certain about what will remain at the end. I'm sorry, I am equally certain about what will remain at the end. Not the church of the political cult, which is already dead, but what will remain at the end? The church of faith. She may well no longer be the dominant social power to the extent that she was until recently, but here's the word that matters. She will enjoy a fresh blossoming and be seen as man's home. The church will be seen as man's home, and here's where, 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 where it hits it home, right? Where he will find, where we will find, ready, life and hope. Say it with me: life and hope beyond death. The church will be the home where man and women find life and hope beyond death. That's our destiny. So the question I have is how do we bring our friends and our families, our universities into this place where we can see this generation brought to faith in the way that we've been called to, to relationship with Jesus and his bride. All right. The first time around, how did he do it? The church went through an explosive time of evangelization and there was a precursor event. It's called Pentecost. All right. God changed the rules. We remember a community of believers were gathered in the upper room, right? They were there. They were scared and they were hopeful. They were believing in God's promise. They had no idea how it was going to be fulfilled. And how did they leave that room? They left like the Avengers. Okay. Okay. They left having been equipped with the spirit and moving in ways they never dreamed possible. They walked, Peter, who, who entered that room, maybe days, let's be generous, maybe weeks prior, having denied the name of Jesus within days after the event of Pentecost, what was Peter doing? He was walking down the street and people were bringing out the sick to be healed by his shadow as it passed over them. This is the call he has for us friends to the, uh, to the point where Pope Benedict says when he visited America in 2008, he spoke of this reality of the new evangelization, right? How many people are on board with the new evangelization? Woo! Sam Halligan gave a great stunning exhortation on the new evangelization a couple days ago. Um, Pope Benedict said that in order for the new evangelization to be accomplished in our world today, God's going to do it the same way he did it in the old evangelization, right? The first evangelization in the church needed a Pentecost event to light it on fire. And Pope Benedict prophesied that in order for the new evangelization to be accomplished, it's going to be accompanied by a new Pentecost. Amen. Here's, here's his words, not mine. Okay. He says, may tongues of fire. Combining burning love of God and neighbor with zeal for the spread of Christ's kingdom descend on all present. All right. He's not mincing his words here. His prayer would be that we would carry the grace. the, 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 The command that he would give to the church is that we would carry the grace of the baptism of the Holy Spirit to the entire church. Okay, baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just an optional spirituality, friends. It's a command of our Lord. And it's a command of our magisterium that we would carry this grace to the entire church. Friends, I am not sweeping in at the 11th hour this morning to kind of put a nice bow on everything and to get us all high and on fire. Okay, uh, this message has this. This is, this is the foundational message that's been preached for the last four days. Okay. This may be the foundational message that you've been receiving for the last four years. Okay. For the last four months, God is preparing us for this moment, right? Why? Because he's placed inside of us. He's gathered here in this upper room. He's written in us a destiny in our hearts that he wants to see accomplished. And we need to be in relationship with his spirit that it would be fulfilled in us. Amen. 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 And, and, and my job here today, friends, isn't to, to manufacture anything. It's simply to identify this and to call this out, to highlight it, maybe to pray that the Lord would accelerate it, that he would activate it now in us today for those who are hungry. Ready to receive? Okay. Why do we call this conference Empower? Because Jesus is very specific that this is his mission. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is you know, of all the scriptures that I've probably preached on through many, many years, Acts 1, 8 has gotta be it you will receive what you will receive what power. Power When the Holy spirit comes upon you, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. You'll receive what the word that the word that St. Paul or the word that St. Luke uses for power here. Um, you, you probably know it, right? You guys have been through this thing before dunamis, you know, nod your head. If you know dunamis, okay. It's the root word from what we also get the word dynamite. Okay. And, um, to, uh, to, to understand Dunamis, I, I, want to, I want to quote the, the famous Dan Demite, who has used this phrase many times. I'm, uh, I'm under the impression that it's probably got him on a number of FBI watch lists, right? That, friends, if you were to take a stick of dynamite and light it in the middle of your school, what would happen? Things would change, okay? If you were to take a stick of dynamite and light it and take it into your workplace, what would happen? Things would, things would change, probably permanently, right? If you were to take a stick of dynamite and light it off at your next family gathering, what would happen? Things would change. Things would be transformed, likely forever. All right? End quote. Uh, For reference, go to Dan Demetrius, right? (laughs) Things will change when we encounter the power of the living God. I had this moment, I was here, I was here on, on Thursday morning, our team was gathered, and I just want to illustrate this to you, our, our team was gathered for prayer and intercession, we were contending for, we were storming the heavens for an outpouring of God's spirit, and um, our, our, our missionary community was here, our empower team was here, and uh, I had this moment in prayer where God prompted me, we, we, we were all pointed this way in, in worship, and God prompted me to sit down on the stage and just to look out. at at the people that I was called to serve with, that I was blessed to serve with. And he showed me our missionaries and our empower team. And it was like, it was like, you guys were arrayed in battle armor, right? You were ready to go out and to, and to conquer and to reclaim the inheritance that's been taken from you. And I was so moved by that word that God changes the rules all right. Uh, Brad asked us to do it on, on, on Thursday. I wonder if, would our Damascus missionaries and our Empower team just stand for a second? I, w- I want to try something. All right. Uh, hey, that's great. That's great. Thanks for your applause. Okay. I want you to stay up, stay up. I want everyone else to look around. And now I want the rest of you, if you, were invited to this conference, if you were brought into this place through an invitation, through relationship, through investment by one of these people, I want you to stand. It's pretty powerful, amen? Take a look around. This is how God brings the kingdom, okay? It's through when we say yes. Let's take a seat. Dunamis, dynamite, right? Uh, wh- what is it about dynamite? It's, it's the fact that it, it, it burns really quickly, right? It's explosive. Why? Because I think God wants to put us in a position where we regularly have to come back to him for more. All right, uh, what's, what's the theology here, right? Haven't I already received everything that God wanted to give me in my baptism, my confirmation? Well, yes, you have. Um, but where did the church receive all of the outpouring they ever needed? It was on Pentecost in Acts chapter two, okay? I just wanna fast forward just two chapters later, we've got this position where, where, where the apostles, they left the upper room at Pentecost and they went and they started to preach and to proclaim and to speak in new languages and to heal the sick and to raise the dead. And what happened? Two chapters later, they've been arrested, by the scribes and the religious leaders and on their release from prison Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them when they heard this they raised their voices together in prayer to God this is this is days maybe weeks post to cost. What, do they, what, do they, what do they pray? They say, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate, they met together with the, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did that, what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, guess what happened? This is, this is days, maybe weeks post Pentecost. What happens? They pray and the place where they were meeting was shaken again and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Friends, uh, we, we got words for this, Right? Sometimes we call this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we call this just uh, praying for the Holy Spirit to come, all right? Uh, I've got a little saying here at Damascus that when is the best time to pray for baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's right now, okay? Regardless of whether we prayed yesterday or last week or this morning, okay? The best time to pray for a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit is right now. Why? Because we're being filled with dynamite and dynamite burns quickly. John Paul II says, today... I would like to cry out to all of you gathered here in St. Peter's Square, to all Christians, open yourselves with docility to the gifts of the Spirit. Accept gratefully and obediently the charisms which the Spirit never ceases to bestow on us.
1: Friends, when we come back, we are going to respond to prayer. Yes, you, the listener, we are going to respond to what God is doing in our hearts right now. EWTN, helping people grow in their love and understanding of God yeah at first I love the show um, but I just wanted to call to encourage that previous caller who had called about the Latin Mass and just encourage him to keep giving it a try and especially try to meet some folks off doors and, and his wife meet some people and, and that does make that experience so much better and thank you for your historical background and, and it was a good interpretation of the history EWTN live truth Live Catholic. The
0: EWTN home video highlight for May is the Reformation, the collection. The Reformation chronicles the tumultuous religious upheaval begun in the 16th century by Martin Luther. This upheaval has led to the current disunity within the body of Christ and the secularization of modern culture. Order your DVD set at EWTNRC.com 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Or call 1-800-854-6316. Welcome back to beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission friends as 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 we're reviewing this session i'm just I'm remembering what an incredible day this was. I'm being
1: blessed even as I'm hearing these words remembered Aaron, yeah, I remember the room. it was truly unlike anything I've ever felt in a room before <laughs> um I just like remember seeing you up on stage. And I was like, this is not normal. And, and just seeing like what was happening in the crowd. Oh, and Praise God. And so for you, the listeners at home, I really encourage that as you listen to this talk, not to just let this just be another podcast that you listen to, but actually to let the words like really sink into your heart and to change you because God wants to change you. Amen.
0: Who's hearing this for the first time today? Okay, this is an invitation for us, friends. In a few moments, we're gonna pray for this renewed fulfillment of the promise that the Lord makes to us, the promise that the church makes to us. All right, if God's even stirring now, I want you to respond. Before we pray, um, I I wanna start with with three very simple and very profound truths of what God wants to do. Say what? what? What God wants to do. Here we go. Number one, God satisfies the hungry heart. Okay, seek and you will ask and you will knock and the door will be okay. Okay. Blessed are those who hunger. Jesus says for they will be satisfied. Let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. Jesus says, right? It's, and it's not only what he says, it's what he does. Amen. Behold, I'll be with you always until the end of the age. How does he do it? He does it through food and through drink, through the Eucharistic feast. God wants to satisfy our hunger. Amen. Amen. Okay. Number two, God wants us to want more. He satisfies our hunger and he wants us to stay hungry. Here we go. Uh, Paul says in first Thessalonians, do not quench the Holy spirit. Okay. He says again in first Corinthians chapter four, this is one of the most hilarious places in scripture. Okay. He says, um, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Okay, when's the last time you used the word earnestly desire in standard conversation? It's not typical of our language, right? What are uh, maybe other translations that we could that we could that we could use here? Um, I looked up the uh, the biblical usage of the terms here. Earnestly desire—what does it mean? It means to burn with zeal. Okay, to desire earnestly, to strive after, to busy one's self about that thing that you desire. To exert oneself for the other. There's even a word that says to envy. Okay, when Saint Paul says earnestly desire, maybe maybe a, a, an appropriate translation would be zealously pursue. All right, I'm not just make. Does anybody know Mary Healy, Doctor Mary Healy? She she she's a good she's a good friend. She serves on the Pontifical Biblical Commission. She was one of the first women ever, ever appointed to the Pontifical Biblical Commission. Uh, two years ago, we were having a conversation over lunch at a, at a conference, and this idea had been presented that maybe a better translation of of earnestly desire would be zealously pursue. And um, at, at lunch, Mary, Mary mentioned, she said, you know, uh, that thing that you were saying about the translation of Acts, uh, or of 1 Corinthians 14, and all of a sudden, I, I kind of, my friend Patrick and I kind of braced ourselves for like critical feedback that we're retranslating scripture. She was like, I really, I agree with that. I wish that I had been here about, about a month ago because I just submitted my final edit for the newest translation of the new American Bible. (laughs) And I was like, you have the power to translate the Bible. So from the words of Mary Healy, zealously pursue the gifts of the Holy spirit. All right. But Aaron, isn't it inappropriate to ask for gifts? Uh, okay, here's, here's the deal. I, I appreciate the sentiment, but it stands contrary to the words of St. Paul. Okay, here we go. I mean, uh, do, here's, here's a pointer for life, right? Don't be ridiculous. Don't be selfish. Those are good things. But... The gifts of the spirit are poured out for the upbuilding of the church that we might actually accomplish the will of God, which is to love with our whole heart, mind, and body, right? These are the tools that it takes for us to love, be hungry for them. St. Paul says, number three, God blesses persistence and perseverance. He satisfies our hunger. He wants us to stay hungry and he blesses persistence one of my favorite uh, quotes of this is in the Old Testament, Jacob is wrestling with an archangel. Uh, that's just awesome in itself, right? And he's winning, right? Uh, they're, they're engaged in this battle, and, and Jacob won't let go of the angel of God. And his response to the angel is in Genesis chapter 32, verse 26, I will not let you go until you bless me. And what happened? the angel of God blessed him. I will not let you go until you bless me that God honors perseverance. Amen. Why? Okay. The charisms are given for the upbuilding of the church. That's from the catechism, uh, paragraph 799. I, I did, my, I did my, um, my, my theological thesis on St. Thomas Aquinas in college on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. St. Saint Thomas, Saint Thomas's perspective on the gifts of the Spirit is that they are a foretaste of the resurrected body. Okay? Okay. That when we, when we act in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're actually reaching up to heaven and we're grabbing hold of our destiny, of our inheritance as resurrected Christians. And we're able to operate in those gifts today. Isn't that power? Come, Lord Jesus, pour out your gifts. Amen. Okay. Um, if you don't believe me, I'll just, let, let me just quote uh, a, good old, uh, a good old church document, right? Lumen Gentium. Here we go. It's not only through the sacraments and the ministries of the church that the Holy Spirit sanctifies and leads the people of God and enriches it with virtues, but allotting his gifts to everyone. Who's everyone? Raise your hand if you're everyone. Allotting his gifts to everyone according as he wills, he distributes special graces among the faithful of every rank. By these gifts, he makes them fit and ready to undertake the various tasks. And offices which contribute toward the renewal and the building up of the church. These charisms are perfectly suited to and useful for the needs of the church. They ought to be received with thanksgiving and consolation. Okay, that's why. Now, how? How do I grow in a greater anointing? Simple, stay hungry. God honors the hungry heart. Let's pray for hunger right now in Jesus' name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Do your prayer thing. If you want to open your hands, do it. If not, that's fine. Holy Spirit, come and fill us with a new hunger. God, you promise that you will satisfy the hungry heart. I pray that you would bring about a great hunger in us. Thank you, God, for not feeding us lunch today. I pray that you would increase our hunger. God, increase our hunger. I pray that these words that have been spoken over this community would elicit such a hunger to see lives transformed. God, that you would move our hearts, that you would motivate us toward love of your people. Give us hunger, God. How does God... Uh, orient us to receive an anointing. He, uh, he orients us in love. Okay. Hunger and love. The charisms are for the sake of others. Paul is clear about this in first Corinthians. When we grow in love, therefore he wants to pour them out on us. You will never receive a charism of the Holy Spirit unless it's motivated by love. Why? That's their purpose. Okay. If I, if, I, if I speak prophetic words, if I pray in tongues and I don't have love, I am nothing. I'm a resounding gong, okay? Why? Because they're oriented toward love. They work in partnership for the fulfillment of that desire. How many of you love your family? All right. How many of you love your university, your friends, your community, your workplace, right? The way we see it transformed is through opening ourselves to the spirit who motivates us with his gifts, who motivates us in love. All right. Be ready to receive. Father, give us a heart of love for your children. Give us your heart of love I pray right now, Jesus, that you would bring to mind faces of the ones that we love, that you would just give us a heart that breaks for them. Like, like my heart, like Monica's heart broke for baby joy. God, teach us how to love like you love. Teach us how to love like you love. The spirit, the spirit anoints through faith. Faith's a funny thing. Jesus says, amen, amen, I say to you, whoever has faith in me will do the works that I have been doing and they'll do greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. That we minister out of faith. That, the, that, that God moves in our life in proportion to the faith with which we pray. And God gives us the faith in the first place. Faith's a mystery. It's something that we can activate within ourselves and it's a free gratuitous gift. God, I pray that you would increase our faith right now. God, give us the faith to see our bodies, see our minds, see our hearts transformed this day. God, give us the faith to see our communities wrecked by an outpouring of your grace today, Lord. And finally, God, does it through the presence of God, God, God can transform our hearts in any way that he chooses. Sometimes he empowers us through a spontaneous move of the spirit. Sometimes he empowers us through a beautiful and quiet time of adoration. Sometimes he empowers us through the, through the celebration of the liturgy, right, through the sacraments. Sometimes it's just through the hungry plea of a desperate heart. The, the, the most mysterious way and the love that I, the one that I love because it's transformed my life is when God actually empowers us and pours out his spirit through his body. All right. He wants to save the world through the world and it doesn't make any sense in the world, right? That God would actually desire to work in me in such a way to release a gift in me through the prayer of another person. That that, that God would limit himself. I mean, isn't it just like God, right? To limit himself, to, to, to take on the form of bread and wine. To take on the form of human flesh. But God submits himself that his Holy Spirit would actually prefer to be communicated through my hands, through your hands. Uh, don't believe me. Here we go. Romans chapter one, uh, verse 11. I long to see you. St. Paul says, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Paul was going to a community to pray for them, to lay hands on them for the purpose of giving them a gift in the spirit. Okay. God is, God is remarkably generous. Here, this, is my, this is, this is in St. Paul. It's in Moses. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it with Elijah, right? Where he, where he offers Elisha at, at his bequest, right? A, a double portion of his spirit. John Chrysostom, he, he talks about this reality that, that Paul's not talking about just talking and just inspiring. He's actually talking about giving a gift that he's received. My favorite, favorite example of this, and this is where we'll, 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 we'll wrap it up today. Luke chapter one, verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to the city of Judah. There she entered the house of Zechariah and meted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth, okay, God doesn't, God doesn't waste words, okay? Hear this clearly, maybe, maybe for the first time. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe in her womb leapt, And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She exclaimed with a loud cry. uh, This is like one of the fundamental prayers of our church, friends. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Behold, when the voice of your greeting came to my ears, the babe in my womb leapt for joy. Okay, let me put this together for you. Jesus, the divine Lord, okay, The, 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 the Trinity incarnate, right? Jesus is in the womb of Mary. It wasn't Jesus's presence that caused Elizabeth to be filled with joy. Okay. What was it? Scripture says it was Mary's voice. Jesus submitted himself that his presence would only be made known through the voice of his mother. And how did Elizabeth know? It wasn't even the word that she heard. It was when she heard the word. It wasn't when the baby heard the word. God's words are clear. When Elizabeth heard the word that the child in her womb received an impartation of joy. All right. It was like, it was like the grace bounced from Jesus to our lady and through her voice to Elizabeth and through her touch to the child in her womb. And that's where John received his anointing. Guys, this is wild. The Lord wants to save the world through the world. All right. It, it, It can't be said in any other way, right? In, in the Magnificat of Our Lady, she declares that the presence of God is not diminished when he works through his body. It's actually magnified. Great. Uh, the, the presence of God is magnified when it works through us. Who's hungry to receive? Whew. Okay, um, friends, uh, I want us to stand. We're gonna We're gonna pray. We're going to pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on our lives. In just a moment after we pray, we're going, to, we're going to sing a song just opening our hearts to God. Why? Not to create some manufactured sense, but just to open our hearts to the Lord who loves us.
1: And friends, as we just heard Aaron say that we are going to respond and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come, so too are we going to do that right now on this radio show. So why don't you go ahead and join me in a prayer as we say in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Amen. Spirit. Amen. God, send your spirit upon this earth. Send your spirit upon every listener, upon every heart right now. God, I just ask for you to just pour out a gift Mm. of fortitude, a gift of just holy acceleration and consistency and steadfastness. And God, I just ask right now for a new outpouring and a new baptism of fire upon every person here. Amen. Jesus, as our our hearts are being moved, I I get the sense that, that...
0: as ears have been you know tingling receiving these amazing stories god that that any doubt that exists in our hearts that what you've done elsewhere what you've done in others that you that you wouldn't see fit to do in us i pray in jesus name god that you would instill in us a new confidence a new hope that that what you've accomplished through the prayers of other people, what you've accomplished, through the prayers of the saints, what even as we've heard today, what you've accomplished through the prayers of this missionary body at Damascus, Lord, that that you would remind us that it's your desire that you would accomplish these things and greater things through each of us. You made the promise to us, Lord. In John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 12, you say that those who believe in me, you who believe in me, you'll do the works that I do, and you'll do greater works than these. We're not making it up, Lord. We're not manufacturing it. We're just desiring to receive. So, Lord, we, 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 we pray in hunger and anticipation that your Holy Spirit wouldn't be bound by time and by radio distance. Lord, but that you would come and you would transform our hearts. Jesus, pour out your your strength in us. Pour out your power in us. Pour out your love in us. Give us your heart so that as we speak, as we witness to others, that their hearts would be set aflame. We pray this in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit amen man man what a it's it's been such a joy to relive uh, to relive this day um this I, I was telling Gabe before the show I think this day was one of the most exciting experiences that I've ever had to actually be able to stand on stage to have the the grace and the opportunity to stand on stage and to to be an instrument of 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 God's word so friends I hope that this I hope this uh, this segment touched your heart. And I'll, I'll echo the invitation that Gabe offered earlier. Uh, if if you tuned in halfway through today's show, or if you just want to hear this again, or goodness, if you want to share this show with a friend who you think might be uh, might might grow in their relationship with Jesus through uh, through listening to these words, check out our podcast. You can download it wherever podcasts are found. It's called Beyond. Damascus, And continue to stay tuned to the show. We've got stories like this um, and invitations like this frequently here on the Beyond Damascus show. I want to thank especially our our sponsors, St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. Uh, Friends, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel and EWTN, and we are carried here every week on both of those stations. So we will pray for you. Please pray for us. God bless you. Have an amazing week.